It's funny, I remember the first time I had on a short jade dress, and the parking lot was gravel, but I still dropped to my knees right there. It tore the heck out of my stockings, but I was a trooper, and did his belt and let his massive cock out. I sucked it wantonly, just as Mrs. Ava had taught me. I wanted to be done quickly, because I didn't want to be seen. I was so self-conscious back then. I guess I sort of got used to it. Thank you for your testimony, Mr. Ray, concluded Hamilton. I'm sorry that you had to endure that. When the judge adjourned the trial for the day at the end of Mike Ray's testimony, Paula Yee had to admit to herself that it didn't exactly look great for her client. Ava Hendricks was a proud woman who seemed very put out by even having to be in court for these proceedings, yet she didn't deny anything she'd been charged with. Paula decided that she had to meet with her client before her cross-examination. If she was convicted, Paula calculated in her head that Ava could be looking at about twenty years in prison, followed by lifetime registration as a sex offender. Extortion, solicitation, and unlawful imprisonment were not petty crimes that could be lightly dismissed. Yi met with her client later in her office. She hoped to gain some more information that could help her with the cross-examine the next morning. After having a bottle of mineral water brought in for them to drink, Paula got down to the brass tacks. It was a bit rough today, I thought. However, that's probably the worst they have against you, assured Paula. Oh, I thought it went pretty well. I certainly enjoyed hearing his own colorful version of events, beamed Ava. What a little bitch. You need to be more careful, Miss Hendricks, criticized Paula. If the jurors see you joking and laughing about this case, it's likely to prejudice them against our case. Oh, I don't think so, disagreed Ava. These charges are utterly ludicrous. I will not dignify them by pretending that they are anything else. Well, you're not making this very easy, sighed Paula. You are my lawyer. I know you're really good at what you do, but it is my life on the line, isn't it? Your liberty, yes, it is, which is why I really think. Have you thought about what I asked you to do during the cross-examination? I have, but I think it would be a very bad idea. You're simply going to drive the jury to his side. It's possible. But be that as it may, I'm going to have to insist. No, argued Paula. It's merely some cheap theatrics that will clearly sabotage our case. I'm afraid I won't do that. As my lawyer, I believe that I can insist that you do it, replied Ava calmly. Paula sat back in her chair, astonished. She'd never had her legal advice thrown back in her face before. She thought for a few moments before turning to Ava and smiling, nodding her head. You're perfectly right. You're the client, and you deserve to be represented in whatever way you want. Thank you. I, however, will not indulge you in that course of action. I'm going to talk to the judge and get myself removed from this case. Then you'll be able to get yourself another attorney, one who will have a style that better fits your own. No, barked Ava. I don't want another lawyer. I hired you, and I want you. I'm very flattered, replied Paula, with an aspartame smile. Unfortunately, in this life, we don't always get what we want. I do, said Ava curtly. 
After a few frantic phone calls, Paula had secured an appointment at 7.30 in the morning with Judge Gibbons in his chambers. The judge was eating a bagel and cream cheese when he bade her enter, and Paula was surprised to see he was already in his robes. "'Good morning, judge,' said Paula, as she entered his sanctum. "'Good day, Miss Yee,' greeted the judge. "'I understand that you're having a bit of a hard time of it. "'What can I do to make these things easier for you?' "'Well, judge, I wouldn't exactly say I'm having a hard time, really. "'However, my client wants me to defend her in a rather, shall we say, unorthodox way, "'one that I'm frankly just not comfortable with.' "'I feel for you, Miss Yee.' I know how difficult certain clients can be, but I can't really do anything to help you there. Your client has the right to whatever form of defense she wants. I know that, and I completely agree, but it's why I was thinking that I could step down from this case so she could replace me with someone else that she would probably be much happier with. No, I'm sorry, but I'm afraid that's out of the question, replied the judge in exasperation. You have already accepted her case, and by the time she has replaced you, this court could be even further behind what is unfortunately a very tight schedule. Look, you're in the home stretch, Miss Yee. You just need to stay the course. I don't feel like I can do what she wants. It's something unorthodox. He chuckled. Maybe you'll surprise yourself. Look, you're a good lawyer, Paula. A very good one. I've seen it. I'm sure you'll manage to find a way of doing what she wants, without compromising your own ethics. All right, Your Honor, thank you, she said stoically. She wondered if this would blow her chances of getting the kind of cases that she wanted in the future. The important types of cases that she knew she could handle, if she could get the opportunity. Day 2 Now, Mr. Ray... You've obviously been through a most trying experience, so I'm going to try and be gentle up here, assured Miss Yee. Thank you. I appreciate that, replied a nervous-looking Mike Ray, as he peered out at the many faces in the courtroom, all staring back at him. Now you stated that the only reason you dressed up in those clothes and then performed all the humiliating acts was because my client made you do so. Is that correct? Yes, it was blackmail. I see, replied Yi pensively. I'm just trying to understand things. She then paused dramatically. So you received absolutely no pleasure, sexual or otherwise, from any of these acts? No, I did not. I'm not like that. Sure, smiled Yi. Nobody's calling you a pervert, Mr. Ray, but still you do understand that a lot of men enjoy dressing up in women's clothing and being bossed around by a woman, especially such a dominant woman, do they not? I... I wouldn't know, answered Ray. Objection, Your Honor, called out Hamilton. Question withdrawn, replied Yee. However, I was hoping Mr. Ray might be willing to indulge me. Well, us, the court... I would like to give him an opportunity to prove his motivations to us, all beyond any shadow of a doubt. What, what do you, what do I have to do, asked Ray, clearly nervous about the nature of her prompting. Hamilton sat forward on the edge of a seat, ready to object to the slightest provocation. Oh, it's very simple, really, she explained. I have a rather fetching outfit which I have given to one of the court bailiffs, and I'd simply like you to put it on. 
Objection. I strongly object, Your Honor. I fail to see what this travesty is supposed to prove besides making a sick farce of the entire judicial system, complained Hamilton. Really, Mr. Hamilton mocked Judge Gibbons, because you must be the only person in the entire courtroom who can't see it. Hamilton conferred with his client, who was dumbstruck by the idea of having to wear a presumably revealing and very feminine outfit in front of all these people. Eventually he was persuaded by his counsel, and very reluctantly he agreed that he do it. Hamilton announced his decision to the court. "'That's wonderful, Mr. Ray. I do appreciate your courage,' applauded Miss Yee. "'If you would please follow the bailiff.' She'll take you to the changing area and assist you with any difficulties you might have. Now, Paula Yee may not have approved of these theatrics, but she was a very shrewd barrister and had noticed that there were two bailiffs assigned to that courtroom. One, Reinhold, had a surprising nerdy name for a former college football player who stood six and a half feet tall and weighed in somewhere north of 300 pounds. The other bailiff, however, a woman named Melanie, was a tall, striking Latin beauty. Yee's perceptive nature had made note of Mike Ray, checking her out earlier, and that little piece of information was what she planned on putting to practical use now. When she'd approached Melanie earlier, the bailiff was quite happy to help, and didn't even bat an eye when Paula asked her if she could be extra sensual if possible when she did it. So as Melanie led her charge away from the courtroom, down the hallway to a changing area where the outfit was already laid out. She tried to reassure him by telling him, You know, I really admire you for fighting this head on. Now you only have to return to the courtroom with your head held high and show everybody that all the stuff really doesn't turn you on when they can see that you wearing silky panties and all those extra sexy clothes doesn't turn you on the slightest. You can simply slip back here and change right back. I said in my testimony none of this was anything I'd have chosen, he replied uncertainly. Right, said Melanie, smiling, while she opened the door to a small meeting room with just a table and a couple of chairs. On the table lay the clothes that he was to wear back to the court. Mike felt a stirring in his groin, as Melanie said, so let's show them you're not some bitch that they can just push around. As Melanie motioned Mike inside, she saw beads of sweat beginning to form over his brow and on his upper lip. A knowing smirk creased her lips. She held up a pair of panties and mused. I wonder if I could borrow these sometime. I might be within two years of thirty, but I've still got the body to pull that off, don't you think? Er... I, I I wouldn't know. I mean, I mean about borrowing it, not about your body, he blushed. Oh, well, let's get you dressed, she chuckled quietly at his discomfort. I can do it myself. I've had to do this enough times that I know my way around a panty drawer. Don't be silly. It's really no trouble. Besides, it's part of my job, said Melissa. But to spare you blushes, I'll wait right outside while you put on your panties, okay? Then you promise to call me in. She closed the door without waiting for an answer. Mike Ray took a deep breath and wiped the dampness from his forehead before taking off his coat and tie and unbuttoning his dress shirt. 
Ava had to be behind this. Only she could have chosen his favorite outfit, he thought. Not only would the material be rubbing against him constantly, making it really tough to not become aroused, but the tight skirt to the latex dress would make it really obvious to the jury that at least one part of him was enjoying itself. Realizing that he had no option, he stepped into the baby blue panties and pulled them up tight and then turned and opened the door for Melanie. She would be eminently professional, but she was quite sure that she would enjoy the next half hour immensely. Picking up the push-up bra, before Mike even knew what was happening, she'd spun him around and had strapped it on his chest, quickly adjusting the straps for a perfect fit. She inserted a pair of plump chicken cutlets to give him the rough approximation of boobs, and then sat him down to help him with his stockings. Melanie's perception of Mike was rapidly changing. By the time she was zipping him into the short, tight rubber dress, he had a completely different persona. Whilst he'd been fidgety and resistant in the beginning, it felt as if each piece of feminine attire took him further and further down the road to submissive sissy status. She pulled the black leather thigh-high boots up his leg to his knees. She didn't even think that she would have been able to walk in those five-inch spiked heels, but he seemed as comfortable wearing them as he was in his men's shoes. Wow, you really pulled together. Nice girlfriend, teased Melanie. But Mike just looked down and blushed. Melanie was a stunning woman, and Mike blushed even more when she told him, All my friends and I would totally kill for your figure. Thank you, whispered Mike in a very feminine voice. Now, let's get you all made up. I was told you can do your own makeup, so I'll just help you with anything you might need. Or I'll even style your hair for you, offered Melanie helpfully. I don't know, is all that really necessary? Just because you don't like this stuff doesn't mean you shouldn't look your best, does it? You do want to win the jury over, don't you? Yeah, but... What difference does it make? You don't really like dressing up all pretty, do you? No, of course not, he maintained, a little too adamant. Good, so no problem then. Come on, let's quickly get you finished. Judge Gibbons doesn't like to be kept waiting. Actually, I've never met a judge that did. Thirty minutes later, Mike and Melanie emerged from the changing room. Mike was now completely gone, and in his place was his feminine alter ego, Michelle. He stumbled forward, not because of the height of his heels, but because of the erection rapidly growing between his legs. <laughs> Melanie quietly laughed to herself, because she could already see he was flushed, and his breathing was becoming shallow. As Mike entered the courtroom, an audible gasp went up from the jury and the spectators. Hi, I am Miss Jen Davis, and this has been a preview of one of my many audio clips. For more information on me and how to get the full clip, please go to my website at MissJenDavis.com. Once again, that's MissJenDavis.com. That's spelled www.MissMissJenJenDavis.com. Once again, that URL is 
dot miss m i s s j e n n d a b i s dot com. Thank you for listening.